Hi, I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you're listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. Welcome, welcome to another beautiful day in May. It's May 15th that we're releasing this particular podcast. So we're going to celebrate a lot of days and weeks and months and things about this. Um, on the 16th, we honor our LGBT elders, um, and also we honor sea monkeys <laughs> we're honoring sea monkeys sure why not they are a very uh, interesting combination <laughs> to do on a day yeah sea monkeys to your lgbt elders is that is that, that the- yeah that's that's the prescribed gift <laughs> okay. and, God. and then on may 17th is national endangered species day yeah, so hopefully, I keep reading about how um, we have basically taken away enough habitat to wipe out a million species in the next fortnight or something, and and I'm very upset about that. Mm, yeah, I like I like creatures. I I even well, I don't like mosquitoes. So, but I don't think they're not they're not endangered. So yeah, but they are the food of some other species and if we wipe them out then the it would have a snowball effect Uh, yeah so can't play god can't play god that doesn't stop anybody yeah (laughs) um on the 18th is hiv vaccine awareness day and that's uh i read i heard on npr the other day that um the prep regimen is that it it's it's helping to curtail the spread of the disease yeah that's apparently doing uh, really well and it's pre-exposure prophylaxis which is yeah abbreviated prep and um that's that's doing um yeah it's, it's seeming to have a positive yeah. effect and I, they're also still really working diligently for an actual vaccine i think this is and i think that's a different yeah it's not categorized as a vaccine exactly it's just sort and, of a, yeah, and um, what was it? So Cyril's this is stuff. specifically a vaccine against it, as opposed to a cure for it. Yeah, mm. although they've they've made progress on the treatments because they've gotten a lot more um, research into this whole thing over the last few decades, and and uh, and I think it's like the number of they're looking at trying to reduce the amount of medication you have to take at well, like like periodically during the day, they're even talking about they're looking at like uh, an injectable that you would get like once every three months mm. to, to make it easier, a, simpler as a treatment if you if you do contract the the disease. Okay, well, May eighteenth is also Armed Forces Day, yes. so we honor them. to listen to the Elvis Costello album Armed Forces. Oh yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. On the twentieth, it's Rescue Dog Day. Do you rescue the dog, or it's a rescue dog? I think it's I think it's you know go adopt a go adopt a shelter dog kind of thing. Okay, rescue so it's dog. rescue a dog as opposed to rescue dogs who go in and help people. Yeah, I'm a, I want to take it as go adopt a dog because. Oh. You know, it's May, and I know May is is like a big kitten month, so I'm assuming puppies are also being squeezed out of 
dogs a lot in the spring too. Please don't suck. <laughs> All right. I, okay. I'm going to blame the decongestants I'm on for anything I might say for the rest of this show. Uh, okay? so you got to pass. I well, <laughs> the last thing I want to say is that on the 21st is wait staff day. So, so tip your wait staff extra on the 21st. Yep. Very good. And today, the 15th, is the birthday of singer-songwriter, well, uh, pop singer Birdie. She is, I think, 23 today, something like that. Um, so she's got some, some. Uh, she's got a great voice, actually, very interesting singer. Uh, uh, the 16th is the birthday of Janet Jackson, or Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the 18th is the birthday of Tina Fey. And also the wonderful Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo. Not that I'm biased in the least. <laughs> I, I know him way more from his uh, soundtrack work that he's been doing for forever. That's right. Yep. He's uh, several of the movies for Wes Anderson. He's done. Rugrats. Uh, Rug, yeah. He did the cartoon <laughs> stuff, Rugrats and, and Pee Wee's Playhouse. He's, he's done a lot, actually. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, post, okay. It's always surprising to Playhouse. see his name in the credits of something. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't know he did that. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. He's a cool visual artist as well. I like his his stuff. Uh, and on the nineteenth was the birthday of Malcolm X, and it is the birthday of Grace Jones. I think Ooh. she will be seventy one. Wow! And totally rocking it. She's going to be she headlining. Looks younger than me. What's that? <laughs> she looks younger than me. <laughs> right. She will be headlining. Um. World Pride in New York City coming up in June, which I think oh, is amazing. Wow. Yep. Uh, on the 20th is Busta Rhymes' birthday, and it's also Cher's birthday. Um, birthday, Cher. Yeah. The 21st uh, was the birthday of Notorious B.I.G. So happy birthday. Rest in peace, Biggie. And the 22nd um, is the birthday of Morrissey and also Harvey Milk. It was his birthday on the 22nd as well. So, and speaking of remembering our LGBT elders, Harvey Milk is one absolutely to uh, to think about and remember. Indeed. Um, yep. What's in the news? Ah, uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there was a spy whale. A spy whale. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Not the baby beluga, but the beluga. <laughs> but now I have that Yanni song stuck in my head. Oh, don't get a Yanni song stuck in my head, please. <laughs> Sorry. I had a child, so I have Yanni tapes. So. Oh, okay. And we used to play that one a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I Wait, read Yanni? The, 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 the sort of... No, maybe it wasn't Yanni. I don't know. I'm not going to sing Baby Beluga. Don't, you don't sing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get <laughs> Yanni or whoever you're talking about in my head either. Somebody so, did music. But so anyway, how do you use a whale as a spy? Train it. It had. Well, they found it. They it, it sort of just popped up in a fjord in Norway and it started following this boat. And it had, and a, it had, a, it had a thing on it, a harness on it. it that could hold a camera. It's like it got a harness with a camera mount and it's like hanging out and waiting for people to tell it what to do. And I saw another video um, just this morning on Facebook of a, of a beluga whale retrieving somebody's cell phone that fell into the water. And I'm wondering if it's the same whale. Oh, 
Yeah, that was that was really cute. I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, so the whale apparently is really friendly and is hanging out. It's still hanging out in Norway and just kind of wanting to be around people and stuff. So it's um it's cute. It's really cool, but they're also like not sure what to do because it, it, it they're not yeah. sure that it's can fend for itself on its yeah. on its own really. So it might need to be somewhere safe. And how do they know it's not sending back signals to its spy master? I'm sure they've looked at it uh, enough to determine if it's got any devices. But uh, the end of the article says the whale is not a suspect in any investigation. <laughs> that I thought was really funny. Yeah. The suspect whale. It's <laughs> <laughs> and I've another thing that's been in the news is that... Um, uh, a lot of former federal prosecutors just signed a letter um, discussing the uh, the Mueller report and that it basically said that Trump would be, according to their expertise, would be um, indicted for obstruction of justice if it weren't for the fact that he's president and the, and the precedent is that um, we don't indict uh, sitting presidents. So, yeah, Congress has to do it. Yeah. So that's so Congress, do it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And one of the things I was thinking about with this is that, you know, I saw uh, the article on Slate, which talked about this and um, sort of next to it, I guess, in my in my uh, search, there was a very kind of right leaning article that mentioned it. And, and it mentioned it so sort of sarcastically and said, you know, basically, oh, those the idiot left wingers are, are grasping at straws and. They're just looking for anything and this is totally over. And it, it was it was making me think about the perception and the fact that we are talking about, I mean, I think we should talk about it. I think it's important, you know, but I wonder how many people are perceiving it that way. Just people who sort of felt follow the news casually that are just like, why are we still talking about this? Didn't that come out? And isn't it over? Like, I wonder how many people actually perceive us as being foolish and ridiculous for I don't care. Pointing this out. I don't care. This was like step step zero, step one of yeah. of a process. And you know, the the guilty parties would love nothing more than for this to be over. Sure. And that's why they're and that's why they're promoting that line of thinking. And the idiots who will believe anything out of Trump's mouth are believing what's coming out of his mouth. I mean, right. there was that study that somebody put out where they made some fake news site and made these outrageous claims, which probably started a whole bunch of new conspiracy theories just to see if people, how gullible these people are mm -hmm. and they're gullible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that. They believe whatever they read. So I don't think I was suggesting that we shouldn't discuss things. I guess I'm, I'm wondering for the casual news listener, you know, um, cause I'm not as interested in the people that are like really extreme right wing and you just, not much you can do about that, but I'm wondering what are the best ways to approach these kinds of discussions? I mean, because you want to get people interested enough to start paying attention. I mean, that's one of the things that I think is important to me rather than be perceived as, oh, that thing again, like, or, or just have it be seen as nothing important. Well, I don't know. What do you think gets people uninterested? I, you know, 
I don't know. It might just be the perception of news in general. Like some people are just like, oh, I don't, I just don't pay, I just don't pay any attention to it. It's the just news, easier to not notice the whole thing. <laughs> you know what the I mean? Themselves are helping with that. When Say, you that, again? Say that again. Oh, the news, the oh. news reports. Oh, people are getting uninterested in this, and that kind of hmm. yeah, becomes a self-fulfilling. Oh, um, if the news says that, it, it must be true. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's true, actually. So, so I won't say that anymore. <laughs> and, and I think I think some of it has to do with how long everything takes. Hmm. You know, um, and it's. It... Uh, you know what I think it has to do with. The helplessness that people feel when they hear something and they can't do anything about it, then they just don't want to hear it. Because that—that's how I felt. I think that's tr- that can happen to me sometimes yeah, that, too. That's a that's a valid point. Yeah, but I—they're not completely helpless. They can they can. There are things that you can do, even if you're feeling helpless. You can call your Congress people. Yeah. You can write to them, yeah. Uh, especially using some of my postcards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know that's the thing too. Is I think, I think that people think, oh, if I call my congressman, they're not going to listen to me. But they don't realize that they do, they and do. they count the number. They have like assistants who count the number of calls that they get for or against a particular thing, and they they uh, go with it. They have to yeah. go with it. Yeah, they do. Well, they they get concerned because they know that if their constituents are that riled up to actually bother them, uh, that that those those are the people who are going to show up at the polls. Okay, you know, so people time. call your congressman. So, yeah, so keep the pressure on. It actually works. Mm-hmm. We've we've seen this. We've seen this with the ACA. We've seen this with well, the Tea Party things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the the, progressive, progressive issues, you know, we've seen it with gay marriage. Yeah. You know, Um, so, yeah, keep the pressure on or it's that's the only way that we have to, as a group, raise our voice. So the people in Congress actually hear us and we'll do something. And the best way to keep the pressure on, though, in these calls is to be informed by listening to the news. But listen to news rather than commentary. Yeah, I yeah. Know. Or no, at least know what you know. Listen to real news, and then if you're going to listen to some opinion, understand that that's what it is. I think that's well, the important key. A lot of time, it's hard to tell the difference anymore. That's true. Yeah, uh, a, a fact can be interpreted in many different ways, and I wish that they would reinstate the old FCC rules that they relaxed uh, in the '80s under Reagan. Oh, what were those? Where you had to, the the opinion wasn't news. (laughs) You remember, they're actually, you know, if you had a network, you had to devote a certain amount of time to actual news. And the news had to be researched. You know, it was, it's like. There were actually rules? Yes, there were rules. Otherwise, they wouldn't, the news didn't pay for anything. They, you know, they weren't making any money off of the news. Mm-hmm. News was a uh, news was a, a requirement to get their broadcast license, and you know, I mean, they sold advertising on it, but it was not their revenue stream. Yeah, and I definitely remember it being much more straightforward. Yeah, yeah. it was just reliable. Well, and, and, yeah, 
And that's the way it was. <laughs> I'm showing my age. So. Well, but but I think that is true. That that really the newscast was about really what happened today. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why people got so uh, um, they felt a real connection to what was happening in Vietnam during that war because they were really showing what was happening and talking yeah. about it every single day, as opposed to putting a spin on it or deciding or the network deciding that it, they didn't want to talk about it. So like, it just wasn't emphasized or, you know, it was just literally every day what was happening and body counts and, and images, you know, speaking of the Vietnam war, um, you know, we record this the week prior to, uh, to when it airs and this week, uh, this past week was the anniversary of the Kent state shooting. Oh yes. Yeah. And I remember when it happened and I remember the, how, how the entire country was shocked and you're reading it and it's like they killed four students. And I'm thinking about the current crop of school shootings. And and if it happened, if, if if Kent state happened today, I'm wondering, you know, we talk about it for three or four days and then we'd forget about it. Mm. (laughs) You know, and that and that's kind of blowing my mind. Well, though, with Kent State shooting, it was who was doing the shooting was the awful thing. That's true. Well, the shooting itself was also an awful thing. But yes, it was government doing it. Yeah. As opposed to as opposed to a gunman, some uh, lone, some sad lone wolf person who never is is working with anyone else. Right. So. (laughs) Yeah, but thank you for that. I was actually thinking that I wish we had talked about Kent State. Um, so thank you for mentioning yeah. that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I think there was an interesting, um, I believe there's a more recent interview with Jerry Casali of Devo about having been there. That's where they that band started, actually. And it, oh, and really? A, yep. And a lot of the sort of impetus of de-evolution came out of being like such like sort of like being like a hippie and having fun and then all of a sudden like two of your friends are shot dead wow and going like oh my god what's really going on in this world you know Mm. and that's a lot of where they got their initial um i didn't know that energy really interesting yeah it's intense it's weird but um but yeah jerry has talked about that experience quite a bit um but yeah so thank you for Remembering May 4th. Absolutely. And um, so we also have the potential for uh, Robert Mueller might be testifying today, but we can't predict the future. So we don't know. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So by the time you hear this, you'll know if he's in Congress talking or not. (laughs) We'll talk about it after the fact, but uh, right now it's before the fact. Yeah. Lovely listeners, we love you all, and we'd love to hear from you. So post your comments on our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And please go to iTunes or wherever you go to get your podcasts and give us a five-star review. We really need those reviews, and that would help us out a lot. Thanks a lot. We are starting our summer schedule for the next couple of months. Uh, We're going to be posting shows every other week instead of every week 
So our next show is going to drop on the 29th of May. And I just wanted to also say that on the 25th of May is Towel Day, uh, which is important for those of us who are Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fans. Yes. And, uh, and, and Geek Pride more, get more broadly, right? On the same day. So Yes, yes. <laughs> Let your geek flag fly. Yes, and you need to know where your towel is. Um, so see you guys on the 29th. So welcome to Myth Busting 2. <laughs> A lot of people liked our original Myth Busting show where we talked about uh, weird things that people believe or, uh, you know, think about various people in society or places and things. And um, we were just talking about what we think is more truthful about those things. And some of them were pretty funny. Uh, so <laughs> we have a few more to sort of mention. Um, and maybe we'll come up with, we, I have a feeling once we start talking other, because there's like a no, no end to myths and weird things that people <laughs> think. So who knows if we'll come up with a few more. <laughs> but the first one on our list today is the New Jersey is one giant traffic jam. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't know if that's a myth. <laughs> it is a myth. It it's is not myth. one giant traffic jam. What, what I think the myth actually is, is that New Jersey is just what you see from the turnpike. Yes, that's the myth. Yeah. So, uh, there's a lot more to New Jersey than what you see from the turnpike. But I do find the traffic is pretty bad no, no matter where I go. Well, you don't go to the right places. Uh, there's plenty of places in New Jersey where there's it no. It takes me too around. long to get there. <laughs> All right. Well, once you get out of the traffic jam in North Jersey and come down by me yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. pines, you will see a lot of very, just very mellow country roads and a lot of beauty. That, that's the one thing I think about New Jersey. Uh, and uh, mo honestly, most places I've been, there's there's beauty everywhere you go. Can, you can find beauty anywhere you go. But yeah. The thing I like about New Jersey is that we've got cities and proximity to other cities, you know, not in our state, but also, um, I mean, there's a lot of like little farm stands and, and, and. Um, it is the garden state. It is the garden state, you know, and, there, and it's, um, there can be, you can find spaces, even though we have like the biggest population. I think that's where the myth comes from. We're the densest. We have the densest population. I guess where you have the densest population. Right. We used to be the fourth densest. No, I, we're higher than that. I think we're the, the densest. Oh, yeah. when I was in school, it was the fourth densest. Okay. So, but, but, or maybe um, the fourth smallest state. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. That was it. That was it. But, um, I, I but yeah, so there's a lot of people, but um, but there's a lot of space also and, and a lot of beauty. There's um, yeah. rolling hill, especially like in the northern parts, like a lot of rolling hill kind of places. I'm thinking like Wachung and that yeah. kind of thing. And then um, down here, it's kind of cool because you have the pine forest with a lot of like sort of sandy soil, which mm -hmm. can be kind of really beautiful and, and, uh, and neat. So. You know, yeah, there are, there's the Newark airport. And, and the Jersey the, Devil. And the Jersey, yes, the Jersey Devil is in South Jersey also. That's a myth. <laughs> that, is a, that is a myth, but I don't know. Maybe one day I'll find it. <laughs> I but. think also it, it, it's, 
the traffic is very uh, time dependent. That's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, rush hour is terrible in and around New York City and the the major highways and and I think it's a lot of this comes from, you know, people out of state going down the shore on Friday afternoons because uh, then all of the major thoroughfares do turn into a parking lot mm-hmm. in a couple of spots. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had a, I had a commute um, that was heading south along the parkway. And on Fridays, it was like, you don't even bother getting on the parkway, but there are other roads that you could take that take slightly longer, but at least you don't have to, you know, stop and go. It's not that, but uh, yeah, I think I am a Jersey driver in the sense that I like, I'm think about, I know all the, the weird highway, like the uh-huh. highway numbers and circles and things <laughs> don't freak me out. And I've gotten to know if you do run into traffic, you know, on the turnpike or whatever, there are ways off of it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not. We got nothing uh, compared to uh, Los Angeles area. Yeah, well, that's true. So, I'm, you I'm know. heading for that shortly. So that will be know, interesting. I'm, yeah, I was just thinking about when you drive around Washington D.C. That always seems. I, I do not like that Beltway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but see, now we're just stereotyping other places. People who live down there kind of understand the whole system. I don't. I don't get the. I don't get the. So the same thing with Jersey. <laughs> yeah, but we've got you know we've got plants and stuff and lots of other things besides traffic. Yeah, so. we around where I live here, there's horse farms. You could go horseback riding, stuff like that. Yep. Cool. So what else? What other what other kind of myths are there to be busting? Yes. That well, this is this is weird. Well, well, wait a second. All romantic relationships are butch femme. I'm well, just you reading the first part of oh, the sentence. Is, oh, okay. Uh, lesbians can't get a man. <laughs> well, although I think I think there is a bigger myth though that all relationships are butch femme. That I think that was sort of a all, all relationships or all lesbian relationships. I think all relationships. All, all like relationships. some people have this there idea. It's a leader that, and a follower. Yeah, or somebody's, if you're in a gay, you know, a lot of people would say to gay men, like, oh, which one's the man? Which one's the woman? Yeah, and and to which my gay nephew explained to me, there is no woman. That's the whole point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, or even just with, um, it could be a heterosexual relationship or or whatever, but the the idea that that those roles are static. And that someone's got to be taking them, you know, and, and I find, especially, certainly people I prefer to be in relationship with, I think, in a lot of ways are, are very fluid. Mm-hmm. So there's not necessarily like one person who's more, um, more masculine or more whatever this, you know, list of stereotypes would go with that are. It's just like, you know, pe- we're people and we, some of us like, one of us likes doing certain types of tasks and others like to do other things and in like bed one is we, we never know math. who's going to be where you know it's all fine like one is going to be better at math so they'll do the bookkeeping yeah that yeah. could be that simple yeah it yeah could be and somebody else is better at cooking so they do the cooking so then. what what uh what hang on what <laughs> i didn't know cooking and math were genderized um, they, oh they are <laughs> oh yeah 
Okay, I don't so, think that, I mean, obviously it's not, but I mean, people associate so math, math with being ma math. math and, and it's la cooking is, is that <laughs> la cooking <laughs> I, I'm French on Duolingo. So it's like, <laughs> gender and, and like who's the neat one. Who's the one who cleans up Felix. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's not male and female. That's like Felix and Oscar. Right? Exactly. Well, I think that was maybe part of the joke of that show of yeah. um, the odd couple that he was, the quote-unquote fem. feminine one and Oscar was, you know, like the sports guy gruff and all that. Yeah, you know, He's the one that got the women. This, well, that's true too. Yeah, well, they were trying, they were, were doing that to try to make sure women. that it didn't come off that he was gay. Right. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's another whole story. <laughs> but I mean, but no, I think um, to your point, Wendy, I think that a lot of people in our society really do have those ideas very strongly. And, and that's one of the reasons why girls tend to start dropping out of math and higher sciences, like at a, at a faster rate than boys do. Because even if no one's telling you math isn't for girls, like there's a lot of signals that kind of give people that idea, you know, which is, which is really sad. And I know that I know a lot of people are working to yeah, make but sure. It's just addition. It's that's not, I mean, I guess it's math, but that's not what I consider to be math. What I consider to be math are like, you know, differential equations and, and, uh, you know, matrices with 30 columns and rows and, right. you, know, you know, that shit. So stuff, yeah. it's the hard stuff. Okay. <laughs> Derivatives and, and, uh, but you never get to the hard stuff if you've been discouraged by the, yeah, the, but you, but the bookkeeping is just adding. Yeah. Okay, and, so you're saying that somebody in a relationship they're not doing like higher math. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I mean. It's and, and I get stuck with a lot of I, I I get stuck with the bill paying and all of that shit and I hate it. Okay. And it I think that has more to do here I'm gonna go into family dynamics for two seconds. Um that has more to do with who handled the money in the family of origin of the couple or of the, the people in the relationship and how that gets split up and and i sadly i was in a i was in a household where my dad took care of all the money and all of the budgeting and all of that stuff and my mom didn't even have a checkbook until she was like in her 60s i think because i think i think what happened is one of her friend's husbands died and the wife was completely incapable of managing the household money mm -hmm. And she was all she was on her own and she was like at a loss and so my mom kind of said well if you die first i'm going to be screwed so like i need to practice this stuff so give me money and give me a checking account and let me do this and yeah. um but also yeah, that was my good. husband's family his mother handled the money so we come into this relationship with neither of us wanting to be the one to deal with the money <laughs> somebody uh -huh. has to do it yeah so, so it really sucked yeah but you're good at math yeah, yeah, I'm good at math, but I'm not good at paying bills. It's, there's a difference. <laughs> but anyway, so maybe that actually helps to bust, bust the myth that, I mean, a lot of people deal with it, like, and, and, with money stuff anyway, in terms of what their background is with it, if they have anxiety around it, if they don't, and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not always, although I think typically it used to be always like a man's job or something. I don't know. That doesn't yeah, have to be was historically the breadwinner and and i guess he wanted control over his money 
Right. And it also, it also helps to keep, you know, the, the non-working wife um, trapped in the relationship because she has no means to be free if she wanted to be. So it was a, it was also a control thing. Yeah. Here I am being mean. No, but I'm glad that, no, I think, I think that's a real thing, but I'm glad that romantic relationships do not necessarily have to um, have any type of dynamic like that. It can be, you know, it can be down to individuals, you know, strengths and weaknesses and desires and all of the above. So as it should be. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's also the kind of thing that, that whatever these roles that you have, um, they, they can change. They're, they're fluid. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're, even if your gender isn't fluid, the, the, the roles that you play in the relationship uh, and the tasks that you do, you know, you're not stuck with them for the entire relationship or for the rest of your life. At least I hope not. I would yeah. love to get to the point where I don't have to worry about paying bills anymore. <laughs> <laughs> for instance. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, when I was first married, I was trying to cook and my husband came up behind me and I thought he was like going to hug me. But instead, <laughs> instead, what he did was he started saying, well, you know, you've got to turn this down because that's going to burn and stir this while you do. He, he started giving me instructions about cooking. I remember this story. This is good. <laughs> yeah. So I just turned around and I handed him the spoon and I said, here, you do it. Because I was fine with that. He wanted to cook. Great. And so many, many years uh, he has been cooking and he's a great cook. He, he can go to a restaurant, taste something and then go home and just from tasting it, uh, uh, copy it. And wow. Yeah. So he's pretty good. But this this past year when I broke my ankle and I was laid up and a lot of times I was home alone and I couldn't get up and I couldn't move. And Alan had to go out to work or something and he would forget to leave me anything to eat. And so I was, I I lost 10 pounds laying, (laughs) laying there. I lost 10, 12 pounds actually. And uh, um, so the great, the great diet of neglect. So, so I, but I had my computer with me and I was, uh, um, watching youtube and i was watching all these cooking shows and i was thinking you know what i really should learn to cook so uh yesterday i decided i was going to cook a roast which is something i never did a roast with potatoes and the a a real old-fashioned meal and i was cooking it and my husband did not leave the kitchen once. He was constantly next to me and and uh, saying, you know, turn this down, put this up. And I was like, will you get out of here? <laughs> but <laughs> but I just, he, he will not let go of that role of being the cook. He's just not cooking when I'm there and hungry. Hmm. So what other things are myths that, need to be busted uh well the one tangential one you mentioned earlier the idea that lesbians just can't get a man oh yeah (laughs) is uh incorrect (laughs) i guess people do because i always hear their i always hear on like tv shows and stuff that you know oh she just needs 
you know, I can cure her of her lesbianism because he's he's thinking he's this great thinks, lover. He thinks he's got the magic dick, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. The magic penis will fix all lesbians. And it's like, no. Yeah. And I <laughs> no. think inherent in the stereotype that was that lesbians are ugly or something, you know? And oh. it's just stupid because, I mean, there are people across the spectrum who have whatever like standard beauty and others who have other types of beauty and you know it you can't you can't i mean you know there are fashion choices that people make to signal their identity in some cases but in general like you can't look at someone and know what their sexual identity is that's ridiculous you know (laughs) what's that gaydar gaydar is a myth um, I well, no, I think I think there's a thing to gaydar, but I think also that you it, this is an interesting thing. I think queer people can sometimes know queer people, you could also be very wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point is though that there are all types of different looks to people of all different types of sexualities, like you can't say, well, lesbians only wear flannel and Birkenstocks or something right. like that. And and what it what this boils down to this myth is it's that lesbians are only lesbians because they can't get a man, right? Which is just and uh, if they could get a man, then they wouldn't be lesbians. But I was just having this conversation yesterday at work with with this another woman who is a lesbian, and because uh, I was talking about how how um when I was going to come home for my birthday, would my husband have baked a cake or something uh, or purchased a cake? And she said, ah, he probably didn't. He's a man. Men don't do that. And that's the good thing about being a lesbian is my women think of things like that. So, so (laughs) that she's with a woman because she wants to be with a woman, not because she wants to be with a man and can't get a man. Right. Right. And Again, I'm sure there are lots of lesbians that don't cook and order takeout or, or forget their birth, partner's birthday. So who knows, you know? But that's, yeah, that's funny. another. Well, that that's was her a, argument was that it was more likely that stereotype. women would remember. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Stereotype because women traditionally have been um, the ones to remember the family birthdays and all of that. I mean, the, yeah. of the extended family, and that includes. Like if they're in a in a heterosexual marriage, that includes the husband's family. And uh, my daughter uh, got bit in the ass by that assumption by her mother-in-law because her son is out on an aircraft carrier and forgot her birthday or something. And Ariel got in trouble for that. We had a Ariel get in trouble. Oh, forgot the mother's birthday. Her mother-in-law. Because her, because her husband didn't, you know, call her or something, or mm. text her, or or make some acknowledgement, and then apparently there was a big bouquet of flowers that got delivered, so everything was okay. But she didn't do that; he did, and she didn't even think that it was her job to remember for him. Oh, but he did think I that. wouldn't have thought of that. That's a, that's very strange to me. Yeah, he should. He's been living with his mother all his life. He should know when his know. mother's birthday is. Yeah, it's, I know she's not responsible for that, but I know, for example, my mom would, and actually I did this for a long time too. I had generated a calendar 
of everybody's birthdays and I, and I handed it out as a as a Yule present to the to the extended family so nobody had an excuse um, for not well, that's knowing. That's a good idea. But uh, um, but I had I thought I had read this in in one of those relationship books that women it was part of you know the women do the emotional labor in the relationship in a hetero relationship typically uh, mm. in traditional hetero relationships, the woman does the emotional labor and the man opens jars. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. And, and part of remembering birthdays, that's emotional labor. Oh, and since it his sounds family, like being organized, well, his family, his family is a very kind of traditional family and, and she got all the mother-in-law got all bent out of shape because nobody over there in California remembered her birthday on the day or something. And there were many fraught text messages flying back and forth across the airwaves. Oh, that's <laughs> wow. You know, if somebody forgot my birthday, I wouldn't say anything about it. Wow. Good. That's really something. I, mean, I, I might feel bad, but I'm not going to say something. If I'm going to get weird about my birthday, I start announcing it like two months ahead of time. Yeah, that's like, what you do. My birthday is coming up. Don't forget it. It's this day. Because yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't need I don't need to test people who who. Yeah, like my, yeah. It's like a test. Yeah, it is, and I think it's kind it of sounds mean. like that mother in law did a test. Who knows? That's weird. She wants anyway. Judge her new daughter in law. Lesbians are lesbians because they love women <laughs> and want and yes. desire yeah. women. I think that's the end of that story. But it, but it's cool that. These are interesting. These are interesting anecdotes. <laughs> Glad I've escaped the weird someone's else's family thinking I need to know their birthday story. Yeah, <laughs> so far, definitely don't need that. It's <laughs> really yeah. Um, and uh, here's another myth that we can bust: migrants bring diseases. This is not true. No. I think I think we're more. I would be. I I kind of would would even spread the the myth or the rumor that uh, anti-vaxxers bring diseases. Now that has basis in reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. what if the anti-vax person is a migrant? <laughs> well, that's then then the anti-vax is what takes precedence. But you in the, just the can't equation. generalize about migrants. No, well, you can't yeah. generalize. Well, I mean, you could generalize about anti-vaxxers, but um, which I will do all day long. I will paint them with a broad brush, a broad vaccine brush. Um, no, but just like random people coming to the border don't have necessarily have any more disease than anybody else. Right. There is no evidence to show that migrants are spreading disease, says Dr. Paul Spiegel, who directs the Center for Humanitarian Health at John Hopkins School of Public Health. That is a false argument that is used to keep migrants out, Spiegel told NBC News. You know, that's just, yeah, it's just a, it's a fear thing. That's all that yeah. is. Well, and, and it's being, it's being uh, promoted as, as a way, as if they were, they're currently talking about that now as a way to to screw people up coming up from South America. And and it's not helping that we're having, you know, uh, measles outbreaks every everywhere because of anti-vaxxers. Yeah, that freaks me out. And I've heard that 
you should, some people should get boosters for measles. I have to figure out, I mean, I don't recall. I mean, I think I obviously had it when I was a young, young person. Well, they're saying that if you were born between 1957 and 1985, that your uh, immunity may be weakened now. Because if you were born prior to 1957, I th again, I'm guessing because of the way they're making these dates and what they're saying that 57 is when the vaccine came out for mm -hmm. measles. Mm -hmm. So if you were born before 1957, you probably had it. You actually contracted measles and your immunity um, is likely lifetime. However, if you were get given immunity by the vaccine, it could be weakened over time. Mm. Um, and, and the way, and, I, and I'm actually going to the doctor this week and I'm going to ask him to do uh, a titer test, which is, I guess they're going to test uh, the amount of antibodies that I currently have in my body. And then I will get boosters for whatever I need. Okay. That's smart. You know, cause I, I remember having chicken pox and I remember having mumps mm -hmm. and, and I remember having rubella. I actually oh, wow. contracted all of those. Well, I got that on purpose because there was no vaccine. And uh, and my brother got it and my mom let me finish his soup. Ew. Oh, wow. Well, no, I was I was 11 or 12 and she said, better you get it now than when you're pr older and pregnant. Oh. Because it causes birth defects. Mm. If you're if you get rubella while you're pregnant, your baby will have horrible deformities. And that was like March of I think March of Dimes actually started because of what happens to pregnant women that get rubella, which is German measles, um, which people confuse with measles. It's not the same. Yeah. Uh, those <laughs> are things I've you know, I don't. I don't remember people. I mean, I've heard of German measles and rubella and I've, you know, chicken pox I did have actually. That's the only one of those. Well, the chicken pox vaccine only came out in the nineties. Right. right. It right. came out right around the time my daughter was born and I gave it to her and I was really glad because like the first thing that happened when she went into daycare is some other kid got chicken pox oh. at school. So he exposed everybody and I was, you know, and all the bunch of other kids got it and my kid didn't cause she had the vaccine. Nice. So vaccinate, vaccinate your children, vaccinate yourselves if you need them. Um, and if you're sick, stay the hell home. Yes. And the <laughs> myth about uh, it causing autism is bullshit. Yeah. Yes, that's Dude. another myth. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's it, there, all of the studies that say that are horrible, horrible science that has been debunked. They were debunked, well, debunked a long time ago. That's right. Yeah. They're not science. Yeah. So here's a here's a myth that is bad. <laughs> okay. Um, that wet white people smell like wet dogs. <laughs> okay. Oh. I'm I'm like embarrassed to say that out loud. <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Yeah, well, we I don't actually run the right group to hear that one. <laughs> And I have, I honestly, I've only heard it relatively recently because when I heard it, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like I had not ever heard this one. Um, well, maybe you know, we do. Well, I mean, I don't know. I've taken showers with white people. <laughs> I have not. I have not. I've also bathed dogs. I think the, <laughs> those experiences have been very different. <laughs> 
So you know whereof you talk. I think I do. Yeah. You know, I went swimming with my dad when we were I was a kid and I never thought he smelled like our dogs <laughs> in, in any way. <laughs> so I think um you know, I don't know. There may be reasons people come up with these. I think it's re- that's a retaliatory rumor <laughs> or myth. I, I think because I'm sure there are white people that have said horrible things about non-white people's odor. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> um, although I I haven't smelled too many wet dogs. Although when I moved into this house, there was carpet that really smelled like a wet dog. And I painted thinking that the smell of the paint would mask the wet dog smell of the carpet before I got rid of it. Mm. But no, the whole house smelled like a painted wet dog. (laughs) (laughs) I had kept the carpet down while I was painting, so I didn't have to put a drop cloth down. But damn, when I got done, that carpet went out the door. It was awful. Oh, you know what, though? (laughs) You're making me think. Um, Robin. Now, Robin, you went to a Catholic school, didn't you? I did. Didn't you have to wear a uniform, a wool uniform? Well, I uh, remember we had these wool blazers at the Catholic school I went to. And whenever it rained, we smelled like wet dogs. <laughs> so Catholic people smell like Catholic school people oh, smell well, like wet dogs. Well, if you're wearing wool, yeah, no, my, wearing my wool. Bla- our blazers. Are you sure it was sheep wool? Maybe it was dog wool. <laughs> Could have been, could have been. They're saving some money. Right. No, ours weren't wool, though. They were like, I don't know, some kind of polyester. Ours were wool. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm older than you, too, so (laughs) maybe they hadn't gotten into the polyester bit yet. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. No, I never thought of that one. Anyway. So maybe that's where it came from. (laughs) If you have some myths that you want us to bust... Email us at insight at leftscape.com. Yes. <laughs> Hello, this is Robin Renee. You can find me online at robinrenee.com. And my music is on iTunes, CD Baby, Pandora, Spotify, and elsewhere around the web. So check it out. And you can like me at facebook.com slash Robin Renee fan. Tweet at me at Spirit Rock Sexy and follow me on Instagram at Robin Renee Music. I would love to hear from you. The Leftscape is sponsored by Harlequin and Other Fantasies, a meditative coloring book for grown-ups. Over 30 original illustrations to color, printed on 80-pound cover stock paper to avoid bleed-through with alcohol-based markers like Sharpies. Spiral bound to lay flat when open. Printed on one side so you can frame your masterpiece without sacrificing another drawing. Subjects include animals, people, mandalas, steampunk, Celtic knotwork, and so much more. Use Leftscape at checkout to get free shipping. See the Leftscape website for details. Purchase Harlequin and other fantasies from wendycards.com. I got uh, CBS All Access recently to watch Star Trek Discovery, but uh, now that that's over, I started looking at other things that are, are available only on 
the behind CBS's paywall, which is an annoying an annoyance. Yeah, um, I I don't like it. I I didn't want to get it, but I had to watch Discovery too. Yeah, it it kind of the pressure of seeing uh, and there's going to be a new show with Patrick Stewart, a Star Trek show. Oh. Um, that yeah. eventually i think they're in they're filming now i don't know but uh i started watching jordan peele's twilight zone and that is uh a very awesome show that i highly recommend yeah and and i have to say too that when once i saw the twilight zone i saw why it gave me a reason why to pay for something that was cbs because this is cbs that they can't do ordinarily on the broadcast yeah, what do you mean? Because of the cursing, or just well, the- yeah, language and and it's it's more sophisticated ideas or something. Well, I don't know. I think, I think network television can handle sophisticated ideas. Yeah. But well, yeah, why don't I, they have I, the good fight? Why? What do you think? The oh, did you watch the good fight? No. Oh, okay. It's on my list. I'm it's very not- political. Yeah, I know, I know. But let's uh, let's talk about the Twilight Zone yeah. for a second. Um, and you said you only watched the first episode. I watched the first episode. Yeah. Um, It was great. It was, it was really good. Uh, and, and I, I also think that Jordan Peele is a perfect, um, Rod Stewart, Rod Stewart. No, Rod Sterling. Sterling. (laughs) Wrong Rod. Yes, Rod Stewart. Jordan Peele and Rod Stewart. That's- there's there's some myths about Rod Stewart we didn't cover in this episode. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> but I, honestly, I'm glad but, to hear that that you guys are digging the show because I've read some pretty lukewarm reviews of it, and it's good to hear other opinions. So I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good enough to continue to pay for it until it's over, and then I'm getting out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think, I think Jordan Peele really has the Rod Stewart affect down. He does his, his in, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't talk like, he doesn't do the voice because I, that would be dumb, but he has that very, um, the demeanor. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're my, my mobile thesaurus. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he has it down and, and he's the executive producer and he only had his hands like in the writing of the second episode uh nightmare at 30,000 feet which is kind of a re a, a sort of a it, it's sort of based on um nightmare 20,000 feet what by was, was, was that, that was the one with um with and the guy on the star the, trek the guy William, William Shatner well they, they've Shatner. done it they made it Twi- they've done it twice already so this was like the third time um uh bill shatner was in the first one when during the original run of the twilight zone and that one had a, a gremlin on the wing of the plane as it was flying and it was ripping the engine apart and nobody believed he could see it and nobody believed him and um this one is different this version is different than that. And they also remade it with uh, John Lithgow in, I believe, Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, yeah, there was a I remember that. And and the two of them, when they were both on Third Rock from the Sun, kind of riffed on that like they, they, like they were acknowledging that they were both doing that episode, uh, which was hysterical. But um, 
But these episodes are really powerful and really creepy and they're great. Um, it's, you know, and I'm not into horror as a genre, but these are, are um, they're not gory. So it's, it's more not, suspense. Yeah, it's not gory horror. It's intelligent. Yeah, um, and it's suspense. Psychological horror. Yeah. Um, and suspense, yeah. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, also, I, I, though, the thing about Rod Stewart, I never would have said that, um, is that the premise of each episode of the original, there was a twist to it. And that's the thing that's difficult to get. The, it's, so it's not the horror, it's the premise and the twist. And, um, and I, I only saw that first episode with the comedian but the premise to that was just so solid and, and the twist to it was um, remarkable. I, I really thought this, yeah, this so is, we're not going to spoil it. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but you, well, you know, from reading science fiction and stuff that those, those, the short stories that Rod Stewart used to, Rod Serling used to write. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was always a twist, right? Yeah. Well, he didn't write all of the episodes either. No, but he it started out with him. Yeah. And then he had to hire other writers, but it started um, out based on his short stories. But the the first one is is about a, a comedian getting advice from another an older famous comedian. Um and and it's uh, the comedian is is Kamali Nanajan and uh, Tracy Morgan plays the uh, the older comedian and it, the and they were they were really really good. Um, yeah, very dramatic remake, to yeah. see people you know as a comedian to do such good dramatic acting was good. Yeah, and um, Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet was was you know. You're expecting it to kind of be like the one that you saw already, but it's not. It's not at all. Um, there is, I will say this, there's no gremlin out on the wing. <laughs> and uh, so that one, that one involves a guy kind of freaking out on a plane for reasons. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the reasons are, and I'm not going to tell you how it ends. It, it's okay, not like, I have not. It's not like it's not like you're the other ones. It's not like the other versions. Okay, uh, I have not seen that one yet. Right. Okay, so I'm not going to spoil it, but I'll tell you that just last week I saw the original after mm. having not seen it for 40 years. Right, mm -hmm. and I was surprised about all the other things that it was about other than the gremlin on the wing. It was all about him getting out of the um, insane asylum and, and he's, he's trying to hold on to his sanity and stuff like that. So it sounds to me like they've gone back to those theme. Yeah. In that one, a little bit. Um, the one episode three is called replay and that one is really, really, really powerful. Um, it deals with interactions between um, teenage black youth and the police. And it's really good. 
um, a traveler is episode four. And that one is, is, uh, is more, um, about strangers in a small town. And I'm really, really paint. I'm really not saying anything about it. That one's really cool. It, it had, I think it had the highest creepiness factor of all of the ones I've seen so far. Um, and, uh, I, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, the Wonderkind episode five is about, um, Michael Cho playing uh, a campaign manager that ends up getting a 10 year old elected president. And <laughs> oh, that's, that's strange. It's strange, but a little familiar need, perhaps <laughs> to watch it because it, it feels like what we're living in right now. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's funny, but okay. in a horrible when, when we're done recording here, I'm going back and watching more Twilight Zone. Yeah, um, and and the last episode that air that's been released, you know that we're that we're uh, before we've before we're done broadcasting is called Six Degrees of Freedom, and that's about um, that's about a a, tri- a a mission to Mars, a manned mission to Mars, uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that. And that one's also really good. Uh, I had I was guessing, trying to guess like where the story's going as it's unfolding, and I was kind of almost right but not <laughs> mm. um and the one that's coming on this week i saw the pre you know they had a little they have at the end of the show they have little clips of the next episode um because they're treating it like it's a, a weekly show they don't they don't um cbs doesn't i guess because like, they don't want people to just take the free week and then run mm-hmm. <laughs> um so they, so they only release like one episode a week so you kind of have to you know you sit around pay for it <laughs> for it um but you know i mean there aren't any ads so that that makes it you know that makes it maybe there is a version of all access where you get ads and it's a little cheaper but um i decided to pay the extra two bucks for to not have ads Mm -hmm. um it's uh the the next episode is called not all men and i'm i'm really anxious i'm really anticipating that one with a lot of uh enthusiasm um, and I will tell you the the blurb on uh, Wikipedia says a mysterious epidemic spreads throughout the world following a meteor shower, causing men to become violent and attack women as two women work to survive their crazed lovers. Oh, so hmm. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh. And uh, the last episode um, that they have listed is called point of origin. And they don't talk about that. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to throw out in something here. I mean, even though I only saw that one episode, the first episode, do you remember in the original Twilight Zone that there was one about a ventriloquist? Yes. It was Cliff Robertson was a ventriloquist, and there was this dummy that took over him. Yeah. Well, at at one point in the, the show about the comedian, they're in the back in the dressing room, and sitting there is that dummy. Hmm. So he's, uh, I don't know. I just got excited when I said, oh, that's the original dummy. I saw the. I didn't know that. Yeah. But you know what, though? In in um, the one called Rewind, or Replay, rather, they're in, like, this diner. And they have the, the jukebox-looking thing in the booth with the little devil head. Oh, yeah. 
it's just there and they don't interact with it in any way, but it's there. So oh, I guess he's nice probably touches. In every episode. I have to now go back and look at the other episodes to see if there's little uh, Easter eggs from the original series. Yeah, Easter that they eggs. Keep That's what it is. That's cool. I only caught the other one though. So, so that's uh, this is an awesome thing. And if you have CBS All Access, I recommend it highly. And if you don't, they do offer um, your first week for free, so you can. Yeah, you know, and if you're going to get the free week, the hell out of everything. Yeah, <laughs> if you're going to get the free week, wait until the whole series has come out, and then when you have the free week, you can watch all the episodes all at once. Yeah, and not have a life other than TV. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Find us online at leftscape.com, on Twitter at Leftscape, and on Facebook at Leftscape. The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation.